pray that you'll be ministered to. I pray that by the grace of God, we all will receive a wonderful reward from our master. We will not have walked this life in vain. By the grace of the almighty God, I see people of God here, and I know that indeed you want to show your love to the Lord. Children of God, whenever I have the opportunity of reading this particular passage, I'm always, you know, held on with fear and trembling because I know, I know that what the word of God says will happen. This is the fourth Sunday in the year 2016. And it seems to see if we are seeing things as usual. Few hands on deck. Few hands that we have always seen walking and toiling are still the few hands that we are seeing. And I'm asking myself, where are the others? Where are the others? Where are you? Where are you? Some of you have good voices to sing. You can be here. Instead of clapping, they will be clapping for you. And they will be clapping for you even in heaven. You can be here. Or there. And that is why we want to tell you the secret of truly being a worker for the Lord. Things that are needed to be a worker. I pray that you'll be here this morning to hear a few things that God has in store for you. That you not close your mind. You will not in any way or fashion wander away while your body is here. I believe in miracles. I believe in the God of Almighty who actually will provide for his servants to the point that you have and you'll be able to spare. I believe in prosperity. But you know something. I believe what the Bible says concerning all these things. Therefore, I don't want you to live in vain. I don't want you to actually meet your Savior without anything to show for it. I don't want your works or whatever you have used to build on the foundation that has been laid by Christ himself to be burned. And you know something, he says, you'll be saved, but it's a sieve passing through what? Fire. Passing through fire. Hmm. I don't want to experience it. And I know that you don't want to experience it. I don't even want to know how it feels. But I know this. The Savior is coming tomorrow or today. Shall we pray? Father, speak to us in accent loud and clear. Prepare our hearts, O Lord, our Father and our God, to receive from you this morning. And what we're going to hear, O Lord, our Father and our God, will not stand against us on the day of judgment. 
But we make us all the Father God to be well prepared for your coming again. That Lord God Almighty, the work that you have laid in our hands will be done perfectly unto your glory. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. In Jesus' name, we pray. I sincerely believe that the, the problems or challenges that Christians go through today are not just limited to moral issues, institutional matters, marriage problems, divorce, dysfunctional families, and so on and so forth. These only add to the problems we are facing in many local assemblies of God. And I believe that one of the greatest problems that we have today is lack of workers, lack of workers in the church. Lack of workers. Disciples of Christ are to be zealous for Christ. Jesus Christ redeemed us for this purpose. That will be very zealous for him. If you read, for instance, uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 14, this is expressed by Paul even to Titus. We are redeemed by Christ to be zealous for him. But in order to actually be able to do this, we see that we must possess the attitude needed to be a worker. The attitude needed. And uh, accomplishing the work of Christ cannot be done in the flesh. You cannot do God's work in the flesh. You try it, you will throw in the towel. Because God's work must be done God's way and with every purpose to achieving whatever he wants achieved. Children of God, I lay before you that the deficiency that we have concerning workers can only be found because of three or four things. The secret of getting out of folding arms and saying that there's nothing for me to do, that we want to show you this morning. The first thing that we see is that we can be so many in the church, but few people are people of faith. Do you really believe in this God that you serve or you are serving uh, an unknown God? If you have been saved truly by faith in Christ alone, I believe that indeed you hang on to the belief that you have in God. You know what Hebrews 11.6 says, I believe that a lot of us know it by heart. But the thing about it is that we are not in any way moved by this faith 
that we said we, we professed in the first place when we, when we first believed. A lot of us come to church only on Sundays, which is not too bad because there are some people who come only when there is a festive period like Easter period, Christmas, and of course, 31st day of the uh, of the of the uh, uh, of December must meet us in what in the church so that we we'll begin the, the the new year huh? in the house of God. That is not enough. That is not enough. You say, how can we can that be possible that some people come to church and yet they have zero faith, zero faith in God? Or shallow faith in God. Now I'll show you what actually happened even to the children of Israel, the Hebrew people. That lack of faith in God can hinder us from moving the work of God forward. You remember very well, uh, well, I would say that um, you know the story of the children of Israel who actually left Egypt going to the promised land. In the num- in book of Numbers, chapter th- chapters 13 and 14, we were told, we are told a pathetic story of the children of Israel. Twelve people were sent into the land of Canaan in order to spy that place up and come with a report. The Bible tells us that ten of them all came with an evil evil report evil report because faith in God was not actually in them they had seen miracles miracles of parting the sea they had seen miracles of the Lord in many areas as they journeyed along but the miracles miracles alone cannot actually do the thing because the more you see the more you want to see but faith in God will not in any way want the spectacular. For you know that every moment of your life is full of miracles. There's children of the Hebrews, ten of them, say that, no, 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 no. The land is beautiful. The fruits, oh my. You, they, they, they are so wonderful to behold. But we cannot, we cannot overtake them. We cannot run them down because they look like giants and we are like grasshoppers. What a faith. Shallow. Zero faith. But thanks be to God because Caleb and Joshua said, let us go now. The Lord will put these people into our hands. We will run them down. We'll capture them. Unfortunately, the people believed the majority. Majority never carries the vote before God. The people believed the ten. And they sojourned in the wilderness for 40 years. And then the curse came again. Anyone over 19 will not possess the land except Joshua and Caleb. 
Are you going to possess the kingdom of God? Do you have faith? Because the formula is this. Huh? No faith is equal to no works. No works is equal to no faith. Where is your faith? James will ask. And I will, by my works, show you how much I believe in God. Do you want to walk this year? Do you want to deliberately walk for God this year? That you move the church of God forward and not mind your own business making money and having your fame spread all around. It won't last too. It won't last. I was showing the pastors something that I, I saw in, uh, in, the, in, in the internet. A lady, I won't mention her name, bought a wedding ring for $7.5 million. Huh? And yet, the marriage has been dissolved. It ended up in divorce. Children of God, let's put our minds where we ought to put them. Priorities must be put right because this God that we serve must be the first to Huh? He must come first. And I pray that you do the work of God even in your offices. You do the work of God even in your business. By proclaiming Christ, by showing forth Christ. Oh, tell the world that you are a Christian. Tell the world that you are not ashamed to bear his name. Tell the world that he is the Lord. And you will see that there will be a much difference in the things of life. You will see it differently. The things that are glittering at you will actually become dim. Because the love of Christ must prevail. Secondly, the secret of working for Christ, for, for the Lord, is you must have a joyous heart. As Christians, you must be not just happy. Feel the joy of the salvation of God in your life. Sometimes we take what Christ has given us for granted. It fades away so easily. Do you still remember the time you first believed? How it was as if you should carry the church on your head and be going around and saying, Jesus Christ is the answer. Yet some of us don't have that experience because we're just born into the usual. Christ wants us to know the joy of his salvation. And it must never, never be eroded from our lives. Once you take it off, you become just like mere men. In the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 4, 
and um, incidentally, you know, or should I say, uh, deliberately, the citizen of praise gave me a present yesterday, and I found it that um, it is actually uh, um, Philippians 4:4 4, 4, that was beautifully written on one side of the painting. Wow! I just said to myself, "That is not a coincidence." The Lord wants me to actually tell you that you must rejoice always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Not your new car or your new house. That which is new now will become old. But Jesus is new forever. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say to you, Rejoice. Let nothing take away that joy. And I want to mention a few things that you need to remember always to make you to know that God has done what no man can ever do for you. One, we are God's children. You are a child of God. I am a child of God. And anybody that wants to contest that with me or to say that God has no children, I will say that they are wrong. If they can actually experience what I've experienced and what I'm still experiencing, they will know that my testimony is right. You are a child of God. Let's read together First John chapter 3. Verses 1 to 3. First John 3, 1 to 3. Oh, it's there. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon on us, that we should be called what? Children of God. Therefore, the world does not know, know us. You know what? They don't know us because he did not know God himself. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what he sh we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Verse 3. And everyone... Who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Children of God, we are children of God. That should give us joy. In a world so polluted with danger and wickedness, the Lord God Almighty is preserving us. Secondly, we have all spiritual blessings at our disposal. All spiritual blessings. This can be found in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Let me go on quickly. The third thing that you should be joyous about is this. Huh? Hey, guess what? We will receive a crown of life at the end of our labor. At the end of our labor here on earth, we will receive a crown of life. Paul's, for Paul said this categorically in 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 4, verses 7 
and 8. And in verse 8, what he was rejoicing about, what actually would not make him to lose hope or to actually faint because of persecution, because of sufferings, because of death, inevitable death for that matter, was the fact that a crown of righteousness is awaiting him. And he said that in verse 8, verse 8, okay, that, huh? and not to me only, but also to, to all who have loved his appearing. To you and to me. Why won't you serve the Lord? Why are you ashamed? Is it because of lack of faith? Or is it because of lack of joy? Some of us you know, are good pretenders. We don't have any joy at all. Things around us are not making us to be joyful. But I tell you what, no one can take Christ away from you. We always have the opportunity of going to the prisons and then when we go, anytime I have the opportunity of going, I always tell them, don't let anybody imprison your soul. They can imprison your body. But when you allow them to imprison your soul, you are done for. Even in prison, you can be a joyful person. Even in prison, when wrongly accused, you can still sing for joy. It is important for us to know that as Christians, we must not let anybody tamper with the joy of God's salvation. You know, that is what David cried about. Return unto me the joy of your salvation. Sin has entered into me. My body is broken. My bones are cracking. Unless you return that to me, oh, I'm done for. Thirdly, a lot of us lack perfect love for Jesus. We lack perfect love for Jesus. Do you love Jesus? Do you know what actually he said? Because he knew men. He knows us more than we know ourselves. If you love me, if you love me, what must come first is love for Christ. The commandment in the Old Testament is, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart. And then in the New Testament, Jesus Christ says to his disciples, to you and to me, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It is not by saying, uh, thou shalt not this, thou shalt not do this. No, 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 no. The commandments of the Lord is actually that we go and be God's instruments. If you love me. We don't love Jesus Christ as we should. We don't love one another as we should. The thing about it is, huh, can two work together except they do they what? They be agreed. How can they agree if there's no love? 
See what we have in First Corinthians one ten. First Corinthians one ten. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no dis- divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. No division. I thank God that we are experiencing this in the church, Equi Baptist Church. But I still want to see it you know, expressed more from many other people. We need to avoid what Galatians 5.15 says. Galatians 5.15 talks about people of God, you know, biting and devouring one another. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. We need to avoid it. And we need to deliberately witness for Christ. And we can only do that if we, if we love the lost people. Those who are lost, we must love them. We must have compassion. Have pity on them. Show that no one is beyond redemption. And of course, the fourth thing that I believe we need to seriously think about this year, 2016, if we want to continue to work in God's vineyard is we must be persistent. We must be persistent. Lack of persistent effort is a disease that will not allow us to see success. The secret of success is persistence of effort. You remember very well the Bible tells us about a man called Noah. How many years did it take Noah to build the ark? How many years? Huh? 120 years. 120 years. Can you actually face a project that long? Can you face a project for 10 years and be persistent in seeing it come to life? Something that people are mocking you about. And he was on it for 120 years. And now we can sing the song and say, Oh, by Noah, God saved the world from being put to an ext- ext- extinction. We must be persistent. Failure in one particular area of your service does not mean failure for life. And by the way, let it be actually true in your heart that God does not measure success as we measure it. He will measure your effort. Did you try at all? 
And after you've tried and failed, did Satan actually make you quit? Or you were very much in it, believing that strength will come? No wonder the Bible tells us those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Are you waiting on the Lord for renewed strength? Oh, I'm not paid for it. Why should I bother? After all, we have, you know, ministers of God there that we're paid. Do you know that work in Germany, Christian work in Germany, is getting to extinction because they take their tithe from source and give to the church. I don't know whether they still practice it. A German ambassador told me this. They will, as they remove your tax from source, they remove your tithe. Isn't that wonderful? The church will have been so rich in Nigeria huh? if they had actually taken all your tithes from source and sent to. We'll be counting huh? billions. But that actually will not do. No. It won't. It doesn't make Germany a Christian nation. In fact, the pastors will be complacent. There's no challenge. After all, we get our money. In conclusion of the whole matter, I want to ask you some questions, church. What do you do If you lack good attitude to the master's work, what do you do? I believe the very thing that you need to do is pray. After your salvation, and you know that your salvation is sure, pray. If you have not believed in Christ, you cannot walk with him. If you are not giving your life to Christ, you cannot even know what he wants. But as for you, pray. The master says that the the field is ripe for harvest. But the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest to send in laborers into his field. Pray. Pray that this year, with all the resolutions that you have made, you not rely on the flesh the flesh will fail you and I want to ask again do you love Jesus is your joy full in Christ how strong how strong is your faith in him do you have what it takes to stick to the task Are you prayerful? Prayerful to ask for strength. Ask and you shall receive. Seek, you will find. Knock, it shall be opened. Let us bow our heads in prayer.